Hey, everybody, this is episode 37 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassain. Today, I'm talking with theater director Michelle Oko. Michelle Oko is excited to be working again with the Women's Theater Festival to direct this season's production of Eclipsed by Denai Guerrera. Michelle made her directorial debut with Women's Theater Festival last season with music with her silver sound. She has extensive training in improvisational theater and has appeared in numerous plays and performances with the Art Center, Playhouse of Wilson, Duke University, ULL, and DSI. When Michelle is not directing, she enjoys spending time with her son, Dante, and leading worship for her church. She also works as an attorney and manages her own law practice, Oko Law Firm. Eclipsed by Denai Guerrera takes place in 2003 and tells the story of five Liberian women and their tale of survival near the end of the Second Liberian Civil War. It became the first play with an all-black and female creative cast and team to premiere on Broadway. This will be the regional premiere of Eclipsed. Eclipsed opens on July 27th and runs until August 5th at The Fruit in Durham. Ticket information is available in the show notes. In this episode, we discuss the themes of the play, why Michelle is passionate about directing it, what it means to be a hero, and more. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Michelle. Hello, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. You are directing Eclipsed, associated and produced by the Women's Theater Festival. Would you talk about how you connected with the Women's Theater Festival and why that mission resonates with you? Um, yes, I connected with the Women's Theater Festival about a year ago. Um, I directed a scene for Music and Her Silver Sound. Um, that was a collaboration between the Women's Theater Festival and the Raleigh Symphony Orchestra. Um, that was a really exciting experience. And I was drawn to the Women's Theater Fest- Festival because of its mission of focusing on women. There's a serious problems when it comes to theater and really the entertainment industry overall with not bringing women to the table as equals. A lot of times it's overlooked with less roles. That um, difference is even more um, drastic when we look at the lack of positions for directors and producers um, as women. When that is lacking, you're missing a large part of our voice. So it was really important that I be a part of that mission. Also, what really also appeals to me is the Women's Theater Festival includes in that mission um, increasing opportunities for women of color. That's really significant because when thinking about a lot of times, unfortunately, when we think of, you know, women, it's the women's movement is suggested almost white women. Um, you see historically with um, the civil rights movement, black women being to for- being forced to choose. Are you a woman or are you a black woman? Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see the Women Theater Festival acknowledge that women are more than just white women and that women of color have, have to also have a seat at the table, um, which is huge to also include us in that mission. We should talk a little bit about how you found theater or how theater found you? I've always had a love of theater and um, performing. And um, for me, it 
probably that connection probably started off kind of in high school. Um, and then in college, you know, I, I pursued a performing arts minor and, um, ended up getting involved in speech and debate, which then kind of took me away from the performing arts realm more. But, um, it always was a part of me as far as, you know, moving forward with my life. It's, um, you know, a lot of people think about theater as this thing that is divorced from who we are. But in all actuality, it's an expression of who we are, an expression of what matters to us in our world. That I, th- that I think is very important to me as far as, um, being involved in the performing arts. Mm-hmm. Truth of the matter is that representation matters. And it mattered for me as far as what I was going to do um, when I was in school, when I was studying, and as far as, you know, where my efforts were going to be career-wise. Growing up, and I, things things have improved a little bit. Uh, we, we now have um, <laughs> Shonda Rhimes and other influences on our media, but when uh, when I was growing up, very limited roles for Black women, um, especially you know a Black woman that look um, look like me, which is kind of was like, what exactly? <laughs> where exactly do you fit? Sharp mm-hmm. um, always looked young, you know. Um, and then there's you know then there's I'm Nigerian, um, Nigerian part Creole. It's like where do we put this thing? (laughs) But at this, you know, at the same token, you know, that representation really mattered as far as when I was making my decision, growing up and having my peers tell me, you know, at the same time, they're like, well, you can't be an actress because you don't look like anyone. So you're you're too dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) would come up sometimes. I guess kind of as an adult now, it's like, oh, well, whatever. But, um, Growing up and when you're forming your view of who you are, that was actually very detrimental, um, especially, you know, to some, some me, to someone like me who has a tendency to be more practical. It's just kind of like there aren't any roles for me. There aren't any places for me to fit in this world. Um, so that kind of um, really deterred me as far as getting more involved in the performing arts. Mm-hmm. It's already a, a very difficult career to have because the it's job to job and the opportunities are feel very scarce. But when you add that additional layer of having even fewer opportunities, mm-hmm. I can certainly see why anyone would would choose something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you pursued law, right? Mm-hmm. But did you still have a have a toe in yes continually i did well right now um i for a year and a half now i've started my own law practice oko law firm um over my office in will based in wilson but um despite that i have continually tried to stay involved in theater so usually i try to do a production you know production a year on some scale um i used to do improv over at dsi comedy um so Definitely. It's a major part of me. And one thing that has kind of come up is just like, well, you know, a mentor of mine was like, well, you're crazy for wanting to do this. But to be quite honest, it's a part of me. So if I'm not involved in the performing arts, I start to feel as though part of me is missing. So I I need, you know, I need to be involved in theater. I need to be involved in the performing arts. I've been thinking about this a lot because 
I'm listening to podcasts of various sorts on productivity. And um, there's one that I was listening to today talking about how to set time aside for self-care. And it occurred to me that for many of the people I know, making art is self-care. It is, as you're saying, it's a part of you that needs to be tended to. Mm -hmm. So cutting that out is actually taking away from the nourishment that you Mm -hmm. need to sort of feel whole. And Mm -hmm. so even though it makes our lives difficult Mm -hmm. logistically and, you know, not getting enough sleep and all of that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it definitely is a way of taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you link it to, as you have done, you know, this is not just any story that you're bringing onto the stage. It's a story that is linked up to what you believe in and, and something that you believe needs to be shared with the community. So then that also matches up with something that is very key to your own self-expression. Um, it's making the work, but also making a specific kind of work that resonates with you. And that seems like something that would feed the soul despite mm-hmm. the toll that it takes. Mm-hmm. You are directing Denai Guerrero's play Eclipsed. And Eclipsed takes place in 2003. It tells the story of five Liberian women and their tale of survival near the end of the Second Liberian Civil War. It became the first play with an all-black female creative cast and team to premiere on Broadway. This is the regional premiere of Eclipsed. And I'm guessing that you chose to, to pitch Eclipsed based on some of the things you just mentioned. But could you talk about why this play and the perspective that you have on it? Um, yes. Eclipse really resonated with me for several different reasons and for several different aspects of my background in life. Um, you know, one thing is that Denai Guerrera is, um, when she wrote Eclipsed, she interviewed um, women who survived the Liberian Civil War. And I thought that was really neat because that is something that I always wanted to do with my heritage. Um, I'm Nigerian-American. Um, my father survived the Biafran War, um, which is the civil war in Nigeria. And uh, it's something that he never really talked to me about. Um, most members of my family never really talked to me about. And, you know, one thing that I always wanted to do would be to interview people to kind of learn more about what happened, because I felt that that was kind of a part of me that I didn't really have an opportunity to connect to. And um, to see Denai Guerrero do this with the Liberian Civil War was very, very, I guess, kind of emotional to me. And um, to see her actually put those effort down and... um put her own career on hold for a while to achieve this goal was amazing. And um, so that connected with me personally. Um, then there's also the aspect that this play does deal with um, trauma. The characters are the wives of a commanding officer. And when it says wives, they are for- forced into sexual servitude. They are not wives by choice. How they deal with that reality is very different for each character. And I thought that it was very important for the audience to be able to see the different responses of individuals surviving sexual trauma and um, the decisions that they make. So um, it's very interesting in the play when one of the characters is raped off stage, the other characters are wondering like, 
what's going on with her? Like she's maybe, you know, maybe she's making a whole thing up or maybe that didn't really happen or maybe it was some sort of trick because I didn't act like that mm-hmm. when it happened to me. Um, that's not how you're supposed to respond. And um, I used to, for a little bit, be a sex crimes prosecutor. And that was a narrative I heard a lot. That that is not how a rape victim is supposed to respond. Maybe she's lying. Maybe she's making it up. Um, maybe she just wants to get back at someone just because she didn't respond as you would expect her to respond. She didn't cry enough. It's our, it's weird that she could count every single encounter. You survive how you survive. And so it's really important to be able to see that on a stage and be able to have that accepted by the audience. Another thing that I love about how Danai Guerrero wrote this play is that even though it's dealing with this really heavy topic of civil war and rape, it is also funny, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, um, you know, to, to people who are not used to dealing with issues related to sexual trauma, I guess it's kind of hard to see kind of living day to day in these overbearing situations. But here, we see that actually coming across and there are there are jokes there are references to american culture mm-hmm. <laughs> because these are girls living their lives at the end of the day and um i think that also needs to be acknowledged and um the night guerrera she actually pointed out in one of her interviews eclipse and why she called it eclipse um because yes they are eclipsed for this moment but eventually that eclipse moves over and um i think that was very important important as far as the message of this play to see that these women are still living their lives and moving on. I think an also important piece to get across in this play is that these women are heroes, which is the theme of the Women's Theater Festival this year. Women are heroes. And I would like the audience to be able to take away that the even though these women make very different choices, they're heroes. And, you know, I hate using the term, you know, victim. Mm-hmm. They're survivors. You know, they they made choices and they survived what what most of us would think of as an impossible situation. The beautiful part about this kind of going beyond um you know, the play and um but looking at his context is that it was women like these women who we see in our play who ended the second Liberian Civil War. So despite all their trauma that they experienced, they went on and they still fought for peace, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, huge as far as kind of moving forward with the trauma that we see experience every day. So one is to, you know, acknowledge it, to acknowledge that every individual is different and to provide them with the necessary support. And not only that, not... One one danger that we kind of run into is the possibility of looking at someone who's experienced trauma as just their trauma. Right. They're a human being. There's a they're a per- person who existed before it and who will exist after that. And I think Denai Guerrero does a great job of sewing that into her narrative. Mm-hmm. So these are five very demanding roles. As a director, what were you looking for from your actors? during the audition process? Um, I was definitely looking for levels. So um, like I said, um, you know, on one hand, this is very, very heavy material. 
Um, but there's also humor. So there were times when I pushed them for, you know, humor during the auditions. Um, and then also kind of gave them, you know, some very, very, um, heavy monologues as well. Um, it was interesting. One of the things that a lot of my, you know, actresses brought up while they were auditioning was, you know, they'd look over, you know, the piece I gave them and they'd be like, well, this is completely different. And it's like, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Right, right. <laughs> so um, that's, you know, I was looking for um, actors with good range um, and then also actors who would be able to, to relate to it. So um, the tricky thing here is it's not supposed to be melodramatic. It's not supposed to be an, um, archety- you know, an archetype. It's supposed to be real women Mm -hmm. so to be able to bring those levels to be able to stop and actually think and connect with um with what it means um you know there were so many characters i'll tell you for the auditions it was not easy (laughs) i imagine it was (laughs) really challenging yes there were some really really talented women who came forward amazing i mean for our callbacks we had 17 17 actresses and it was what they brought to the table was amazing. Um, at this, you know, at the same time, to be able to bring those levels across and really connect and understand the characters um, was what I really challenged them to do. The the kind of the risk here is with these women being so difficult, well, difficult to portray and so different from each other. You you kind of want to fall into like the um, old structures, so. Here, you know, here's a villain, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and here we go is our protagonist and kind of moving in that direction. But I really wanted them to be able to connect and understand that each one of these women are heroes in their own right. Um, there's one character who has a tendency, you know, she's a wife who got away, is is violent, right? Um, and can be seen as very intimidating to be able to make sure that that's not how she comes across you know, yes, she is determined. Yes, she is focused. And yes, she uses violence as a tool in war. <laughs> so um, to be able to bring that across and have the audience connect with her, empathize with her, see her perspective um, was definitely something that I needed my actors to be able to do. I know that Denai Guerrera is an actor in her own right, in mm-hmm. addition to being a, a playwright. In several of the interviews that I saw with her, she was asked, you know, why did you decide to approach this project solely as a playwright rather than casting yourself? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because you are an actor mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. yet you chose to be the director for this piece rather than try and find a way to put yourself in the <laughs> cast. Why was it important for you to be a director of this particular play? Well, a lot of it had to do with perspective. So going over the play, um, I could really just, I could see this world and um, the women interacting. And that is what I really wanted to bring to life. It's it's kind of a question that I've gotten as well. <laughs> and um, it's, the the most important thing for me is to really bring across the message, really bring this um this vision to the stage. I really feel that I'm kind of I kind of have a unique perspective, in, you know, in my experiences. You know, I I'm really thinking back to like last week with my production team meeting and how how amazingly everything came across. I I really took my time in picking 
the individuals who would be be part of my creative team. Um, I had a lot of very, very qualified people right out the gate, step up. And still, I took my time because I wanted to have varying perspectives, varying backgrounds to bring this piece together. And um, it was that dedication that I really feel kind of came through as um, giving me a strength as a director. It took a lot of, I guess, non-traditional approaches. And um, that's what I brought forward. You know, one of the things that was very important to me, I used to volunteer with, you know, um, refugee resettlement agencies, um, in particular, um, World Relief. And I wanted to have the refugee community be part of it. And, um, you know, at first, it didn't seem like that was really going to, you know, happen. They have so many different priorities on their plate. Um, But at the same token, you know, that's where I kept pushing. And to see that really come together is amazing. Um, my set designer, um, she actually, you know, lived through the Second Liberian Civil War, um, which brings in a unique perspective. Um, and I'm also connecting to other individuals for the li- um, Liberian community. Um, our play will be opening on, you know, Liberian Independence Day. So, um, so many pieces are coming together from this for this play that honestly it was really important that. I be able to kind of bring those pieces together as much as it was important to me to be able to also connect with the characters. And as much as I would love to perform these characters, I really felt that the most important thing was to stick to my vision, stick to my values and actually focus on bringing all that together. I love the theme for this summer, women are heroes. And in particular, I'm really excited that this play is acknowledged to fit under that umbrella of women as heroes. Because I think when we consider war, we think of the male soldiers who are out front fighting. But one of the things, one of the many things that this play brought home for me is that the women are also fighting war, but in a in a variety of different ways. And indeed, as you mentioned, they are also fighting for peace. Mm-hmm. And it made me think a lot about how we define heroes. How would you define a hero? A hero to me is someone who takes the gifts, you know, that they've been given. Um, and I'm a person of faith, so I would say, you know, they're God-given gifts and uses them to enact change. And that could be on a very varying scales. So for, you know, for some of us that's in our home lives and we focus on bringing who we are to grow those around us. But for others, you know, that could be on a larger scale, like, um, like we see here in this play, you know, like with, with Rita, right. Bringing her, and I'm not going to go into, I'm trying to avoid going into too much detail because I don't want to give too much away, but, um, you know, bringing her pain to be able to reach out to others so that they can overcome their situations and find who they are is huge. But a lot of it has to do, I think what's central to being a hero is valuing who you are and finding your place in the world. So a lot of times we can exist and go from day to day, not paying attention to what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. But when we actually know ourselves and say, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, how am I going to use them in the world? I think that's when we become heroes. And um, at the same token, the, the world is designed in a way where... <laughs> 
we have pushback from that. So whenever we use our skills and talents moving forward, we're always going to get pushback. We're always going to get pushback. But it's the focus and perseverance against what that pushback that um, allows us to overcome um, and to become, you know, heroes. I, you know, I don't, I don't think a hero necessarily has to have a cape. Um, in fact, I am a fan of um, of comics, and they they have a tendency to be a hindrance. <laughs> um, what what a what a hero needs is their strengths applied. So um, so that's very important as far as moving forward. And um, I would like each individual to look in the mirror and think about what makes them a hero, what makes them uniquely qualified to go out and bring about change in this world, you know, whether it be supporting their family, whether it be teaching, whether it be actually going to war, mm-hmm. whether it be um, actually um, serving in the Peace Corps. I mean, for me, um, when I was when I was in college, to um, I considered you know the Peace Corps before before I um, knew that I wanted to go into law. You know, I thought about okay, well, you know, would be Doctors Without Borders, and you know, part of that's also in my background. Um, the it was the Nigerian Civil War that actually led to the development of you know Doctors Without Borders, but um, I was like medicine or law, medicine or law, and um, but whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to go abroad, right, and and fight injustice. Well, when I had my um, when I had my son while I was in college, my shift changed, and not to say that my life may not go you know that direction again. I'm still pretty young, <laughs> but as far as kind of what my values were and what I wanted to bring to the world. Um, took a lot of fortitude in defining who I was, what I valued, and what I was going to be dedicated to. And, um, you know, even though, even though I decided to be more local, oh yeah, you know, once you make that decision, you're going to get a lot of pushback. You're going to get a lot of challenge. And the heroic part is standing up to the rest of the world when they say that you can't. Mm -hmm. It occurs to me that a lot of what we're talking about here is the value of our individual lives and how ownership of those and investment in the value of the individual leads to change in the collective. For example, in the play, there are a lot of conversations around names Mm -hmm. and the removal of names Mm -hmm. and claiming our names Mm -hmm. and how powerful that is once we step into who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful idea that there can be value in individual expression to the extent that if we all just accept who we are and work with our strengths and embrace what we believe in, that change can happen at a at a communal level, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, definitely. Yes, yes. And you know that's in the play as well. There, um, our these aren't these aren't characters who are drones. They question. They question who they are, um, and what are what are their purposes? What are their goals beyond this? Um, and the interesting thing is, you know, not only do that do they do that with themselves, but they do that with each other. So, um, a lot of time, a lot of times in the, this play, you'll see that our characters kind of hit kind of some of those roadblocks mm-hmm. and even areas of themselves that they don't want to reflect on that that actually comes up quite a bit at the same time when they actually push past those and actually face 
who they are and what's happened to them, that's when they could really, really do more with what they have. When you and I spoke before the podcast, you mentioned that this is the regional premiere of Eclipsed. And so it's been out there in the world for several years, but it hasn't been down here. And one of the questions that you raised was why? Why is this in 2018, the regional premiere? Why do you think? You know, why Tony Award winning, <laughs> historic play, um, <laughs> written by Denai Guerrero, star, he had, that had starred Lupita Nyong'o. Why are we just seeing the regional premiere now? And I think some of that may go to kind of the core of what the Women's Theater Festival stands for, is that a lot of times works by Black authors, and especially Black plays, are overlooked because we want to see them just clearly in that scope of being for Black people. Mm -hmm. Through our five main characters all happen to be Black, but the message of this play goes beyond what would just fit with someone who is black. Um, it goes beyond what would fit with just someone who is a woman. You know, even though that's very important to the play, this message should resonate with everyone. And I think for a, when you have a situation where, you know, most of the producers and your directors are not black, are not women, that affects what they choose to produce. Absolutely. When you think about going into rehearsal for this play, as we keep saying, it's it's a very rich material, but it also there's a lot of sadness here mm -hmm. underneath the the humor. And yet, everyone I've talked to who's a part of this team and um, people who are talking about going to see this, everyone is really excited about supporting this work despite the amount of sacrifice that it takes to put something like this together. I mean, you have a uh, law practice, mm -hmm. you have quite a drive. So mm -hmm. anytime we choose to make art and to do theater in particular, we are sacrificing a lot of our rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And yet people seem really willing to do that mm -hmm. for this play. Why do you think that is? I think because... It's important, I think, because they realize that if we don't, who will? Um, so that's where it's worth the sacrifice so that the play can continue, so that the message can continue, so that we can bring this work to more audiences. Because the easy thing would be to go upon our regular lives, but then what would the world be missing? Mm -hmm. And what are you most excited about when you think about getting into rehearsal with, the, with this cast and your, and your team? Oh, boy. <laughs> There's so much to be excited about. Um, you know, number one, I, I do have a, a great team that is coming together. And I'm, I'm st I still look around. I'm like, wow, how did, how did I get you people? They're really, um, really, really great team. But that's the thing. Seeing them all work together. I mean, you know, last week we had our last, um, our first production team meeting. And um, the amazing thing was with such variety of backgrounds is how we all fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. So there was no one who had the, you know, the full package, but everyone was feeding off of each other. And there were so many ideas going back and forth. And the growing and development of that idea, it was just kind of amazing to look at. So that's the that's the thing I look forward to, just kind of to see the production continue to grow and develop and in unique ways that, you know, this, that this team has produced, that's brought together ways that I'm just like, 
actually in awe and shock. Mm-hmm. Beyond Eclipsed, what is next for you? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's hard to see beyond it at this point, yes. I imagine. <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely. But um, I, I guess I would, I would like to, you know, continue to direct. I would also um, like to continue to act and to be a part of bringing more great stories to the stage. Thank you so much for this thank conversation. You. you are an inspiration and I can't wait to see this. No, thank this you. Thank so you much. for having me. Mm-hmm. Artist Soapbox is a listener supported podcast please contribute to the podcast via our Patreon page, patreon.com slash artistsoapbox. You can find more information at our website, artistsoapbox.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we're out.